Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to In the Shower with Taz and Marcus, a bite-sized, informative podcast aimed to be listened to in the shower, but you can listen to it absolutely anywhere. My name is Taz Kelleher. And my name is Marcus Solera. And the whole point of this podcast is that we debunk mythical questions that listeners send in. We want to answer the mysteries of the world so you don't have to. Thus far, we've answered questions like, why do we never see baby pigeons? Why does coffee make you poop? Is there a correct way to wipe your bum? <laughs> why does our hair turn grey? And loads, loads more. And um, this is our 11th episode. High Woo-hoo! five, Taz. Give me one of those. Uh, <laughs> Thank you so much if you have been supporting us from the start. It is a, it is lovely to know that there's people out there who are expanding their minds while they wash their behinds. If you haven't listened to our previous episodes, then get on it and recommend it to all your friends and family, please and thank you. We say every week, tell your granny. And this week's question actually comes from someone who also told us that they told their granny and their granny is now on the Indus Sheriff family train. Ashling Lai, this episode is for you. Asking the question... Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. It's also for your granny. So, Granny Lai, we love you too. What's the question? Why do we dream? Oh, I'm so excited to learn about this one. Like, ever since I saw Inception 41 times in the cinema, (laughs) I've been absolutely obsessed with dreaming. But, like, you know what? I've never actually taken the time to, to, I suppose, research it and look into it. Before I think we delve into why we dream, I think it's important that we cover the baseline fact that everybody dreams. Some people say that they don't dream, but what differs is actually the frequency in which dreams are remembered, not whether people dream or not. Really? So everybody dreams? Every single person dreams, but it just differs whether you remember them or not. Do you remember your dreams? I remember, I'd say, about a third of my dreams. Like, the other day I had a a dream fully about fighting a horse-sized wasp. Um, I don't know what that means or what it says about me as a person, but there was, like, crazy music playing and there's this big, scary horse wasp. Um, I would I would pay a lot of money to spend a day with your brain inside of my head. Oh, it's probably a lot just stupider than you think. <laughs> but um, right, I I actually recently started keeping a dream diary, which is cool, and um, I wanted to ask you about that. Um, I write about my dreams and document them, but okay. have people done that in the past? Yes. Yeah, so dream interpretations date back to three thousand, four thousand BC, so a long, long time ago, when they are documented on clay tablets. For as long as we've been able to talk about our dreams, we've been fascinated with them and kind of thrive to understand them. That is insane. So like like five, six thousand years ago, way back in the BC days, uh, what was understood about dreams or did they understand them? They really, really did. So in some primal societies, members were unable to distinguish between the dream world and the waking world. How crazy is this? Or They simply chose not to make the distinction between the two. They saw that the dream world was not only an extension of reality, but in fact was more powerful than kind of our waking world. Really? Yes. So what, they'd just like, they'd wake up and go, nah, nah, the same thing. You know, if I woke up and went, nope, no horse-sized wasps here, I'd be really happy. (laughs) I was really happy the other morning. So go on, Um, that's like way back when, when when people didn't realise the difference between the two. What next? Okay, so then in the Greek and Roman eras, dreams were seen in a religious context. So they were believed to be direct messages from the gods or from the dead. So what, like the gods and the dead like sliding into your DMs? (laughs) (laughs) Special shrines were even built where people could go to sleep in the hope that their message would be passed to deceased relatives through their dreams. Oh, okay. Mm. Moving on from that, 
In Egypt, priests also acted as dream interpreters and the Egyptians recorded their dreams in hieroglyphics. People with particularly vivid or significant dreams were believed to be blessed and were considered special. Really? Mm-hmm. And then moving on from that again, during the Middle Ages, dreams completely flipped over and were seen as evil and its images were temptations from the devil. El Diablo. And then finally, kind of more recently than that in the 19th century, and he was convinced that dreams represented some unfulfilled desires or hoped for wishes. Right, so people way back when, forever and ever and ever, have been fascinated by dreams. And you know what, that sounds crazy that there was a time that particularly vivid dreams were seen as blessed and sacred. Like, would you not just lie and make up the weirdest shit and be treated like a king. Like, wake up and be like, lads, horse-sized wasps everywhere. <laughs> Where is my crown? <laughs> Obviously, there were no liars back then. I heard St. Patrick's got rid of all the snakes. <laughs> so, um, we've looked at a few kind of far-fetched historical theories. But you mentioned more recent interpretations like Freud and things like that. Is there, is there any more... Accurate studies. Like, can you tell me what it means that I just keep on dreaming about sausage dogs? Like, am I a psychic? Please tell me it's a hint of what's to come. Well, last night I dreamt that avocados became extinct, so I really, really hope that dreams aren't a sign of what's to come. So since the days of Egyptian and Freud, there still hasn't really been any solid explanation of why we dream. But there have been so, so many theories. Like, um, a busload of theories. Researching this episode, I read over 19 theories, but I've kind of handpicked a few of my favorite ones for this episode. Okay, cool. Well, first of all, thank you for doing all the work on this, you <laughs> legend. Um, I'm just excited to learn all about these. So hit me, theory number one. Okay, theory number one suggests that dreams work hand in hand with sleep <sighs> to help the brain sort through everything it collects during the waking hours. So what? So essentially you're like reprocessing the day. Exactly. So think of it this way. Every second of every day, your brain is bombarded with information. And some are minor sensory details like, you know, the sprinkle of salt on your boiled eggs. Whilst others are far more complex, like whether that argument you had with your boyfriend was your fault or theirs. Um, it's always theirs. <laughs> always. Every single time. <laughs> well, during sleep, the brain works to kind of plough through all of this information to decide what to hang on to and what to forget. It's similar to how the brain decides to store some memories as short-term and some memories as long-term. While you sleep, the brain does all of that filing and researchers feel like dreams play a role in this process. All right, that, that, that seems a little far-fetched. I know it seems crazy, but there's actually a bit of research to back this up. The kind of the idea that dreams are tied to how we form memories. Studies indicate that as we're learning new things in our waking hours, dreams increase while we sleep. Participants in a dream study who are taking a language course showed more dream activity than those who are not. And in light of such studies, the idea that we use our dreams to sort through and convert short-term memories into long-term memories have gained some momentum in kind of recent years. That is so interesting. So dreams are the filing system in our brain, deciding what should we put in long-term storage and what you should put in short-term storage. And while people are learning more, they dream more because there's more information to sort through. Is that that's that's it? Yeah, that, so, that, that that's that's essentially theory. So like one. it's coming down to where dem memories are being put into. That's so interesting. Mm. All right, uh, theory number two. I am ready. My body is ready. Talk to me. Theory number two is kind of similar to theory number one in that it's also to do with remembering. So 
I'm just going to shoot a question at you. Whenever you haven't been able to like solve a riddle or write a script or you've kind of been at a, a loose end, have you ever been told to sleep on it? Yeah, and it can really, really help as well. Yeah, well, this is because many scientists believe that we dream to remember. So while just sleeping alone most certainly helps with performing mental tasks, it is thought that dreaming while sleeping is even better. In 2010, researchers found that participants were far better at getting through a complex 3D maze if they had napped and dreamt about the maze prior to their second attempt. No way. So your dream forces your brain to remember what you've just seen and like keep on processing the information that you're having trouble processing while you're awake, while you're asleep. That is awesome. In that particular study, the participants who dreamt of the maze before their second attempt were 10 times better than those who only thought about the maze before their second attempt or those who slept but didn't necessarily dream. So are you telling me that dreams are turning people into geniuses. Yes. <laughs> That's incredible. Wow. Um, so yeah, if you ever have a problem, just sleep on it. Right, next theory. The next theory suggests that we dream to rehearse. So the most common dreams involve dangerous or threatening situations. And it is thought that dreams allow us to rehearse what we would do in those situations. It is, it's, it's kind of primal nature and allows us to practice our flight, our fight instinct. That's really interesting about the whole rehearsal thing. Like, really, really, really interesting that, you know, your brain is putting you in these worst-case scenarios um, to kind of see how you'd react to them. Yeah. That's, like, that's really cool. So. And I, f- I feel like it's kind of like an almost little pat in your back. Like, hypothetically, if I was in real life to lie on my bed and look under it and see zombies, I feel like a tiny part of my brain would kind of link back to that dream I had when I was seven years old and be like, this works in the dream do it in real life or if I was walking down South William Street after getting a coffee and I saw a horse sized wasp I knew that I could saddle it and take over the world again Marcus what happens in your head <laughs> a lot of shite um, okay so do do we have any more theories yes 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 yes. yes okay yes, yes, yes. Yeah, well, let's go okay. do we have time for one more I think we have time for okay, one great. more yeah. okay so since we sort of mentioned Freud, I think it's probably important that we explain his theory on dreams just a little bit. This one is a bit scientific, but we're going to we're going to attempt it. I'm going to attempt it to the best of my ability. First off, Freud believed that every scenario we dreamt of was a collection of images from our daily conscious lives. But he also believed that each scenario had symbolic meaning. So like when you're dreaming, it's not just this random collection of images and scenarios. It's like it's something that's already in your head. Exactly. And what's more, Freud believed that what we dream about is linked to our subconscious desires and wishes. So when we wake up from a dream, the things that we remember come from our subconscious thoughts, urges and desires. Freud believed that by analysing these remembered elements of dreams, we could delve into our subconscious and kind of try to sort out any underlying issues like anxiety or low self-esteem. That's incredible. So like... If I constantly wake up from a night of dreams and the only thing that I remember is like being back in school, getting my head shoved in a toilet, getting an atomic wedgie and getting called a big smelly loser. Like instead of me just ignoring it as a silly dream, it could actually be my subconscious being like, Marcus, you are a big smelly loser. (laughs) That's kind of what I've grasped from it. But Freud goes on to describe dreams in far more detail and if it's something that you the listener are interested in then definitely check out his book and read on it because 
It is long. It is detailed. And, but it is interesting. It is very interesting. That is crazy interesting. I'm going to be dreaming about all these dream theories tonight and then spend tomorrow trying to analyze why my conscious made me dream about the theories. But because I dreamed about the theories, I'm going to be at least 10 times better about analyzing those theories. But then it depends what way my dreams categorize them into long-term and short-term <laughs> memory losses. But at the same time, I'm going to be like, oh, why was I getting flushed down the toilet when I was in secondary school, Freud? <laughs> God, this, this episode has taken a turn for the worse. Seriously, though, dreams are absolutely wild. It's so crazy to think that we have this equal part of our lives, an equal length that we're awake in, like, in theory, more or less. We are also asleep. And all these crazy things go on in sleep that we just kind of ignore. Like, imagine if, hypothetically, there are dream versions of Taz and Marcus in the shower and they're analysing the conscious waking right now. You are going back to 4000 BC and like not differentiating between the real world and the dream world. But you know what? It's possible. It's possible-ish. I'm not going to go down that wormhole. I, I don't think I'm ever going to say this is dreamy ever again because that could lead to a whole, a whole, the only situation I will ever say that again is if I see a horse-sized wasp. <laughs> okay, this episode is, is getting is getting a bit out of hand, but before we end it, I've got one more fact that blew my mind. Are you ready? Go on, hit me with that fact. Okay, so speaking of gender inequality... <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? I'm totally joking, but this, this is a, a stark fact. So, women dream equally about men and women, whilst men's dreams are two-thirds populated by men. The patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> So there you have it. That has been a bit of a roller coaster of an episode. We covered ancient Egyptian dream interpretation. We covered Freud. We covered me getting flushed down a toilet in school. Um, that was that was interesting. Researching that episode honestly made me re-question my whole life. I honestly thought about the dream I had when I was 12 years old and like whether that was linking to my subconscious or whether my subconscious was telling me that I shouldn't be in Ireland anymore and I should have moved. It's a whole thing. It's a whole it's thing. A whole thing. It's a Ashling, whole thing. thank you so much for sending that question and even though you partially ruined marks in my life. <laughs> you sent us into a massive existential crisis here, Ashling. What if the spinning top keeps going forever at the end of Inception? I've never seen Inception. You've never seen Inception? I oh, know. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. Again, Getting off track, getting off track. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening. As we said earlier, this is episode number 11. If you haven't listened to our previous 10 episodes, then get on it, because we really think you'd enjoy it. Thank you so much for anyone who's been tuning in. Ashling, thank you for telling your granny. Everyone else, be more like Ashling. Ashling is a hero. Marcus, if people want to be more like Ashling and send in their questions, how can they get us? There is a whole range of ways they can get questions to us. Uh, they can get us on Facebook. Just search for In The Share With Taz and Marcus. If you're more more of a 140 character kind of guy and you want to hit us on uh, on Twitter all you need to do is search at in the share pod and then you can get us on Gmail what's that address one more time Taz Keller if you want to do it the old fashioned way and get us on email you can send your questions to in the shower podcast at gmail.com just like every week we just want to give a massive thanks to Alan and Paddy and Laura and all the good skins in the Head Stuff Podcast Network you forgot uh, Sean oh jeez I always forget Sean Sean, I'm going I'm to give you a little ruffle on your beard next time I see you. Does Sean have a beard? I don't know if I've ever met Sean. 
Sean, I love you. You're my boy. Um, thank you so much to anyone, everyone in the Headstuff Podcast Network. Marcus ne- clearly cares about everything. Yeah. On next week, next week's question: Does Sean have a beard? Does Sean exist? Is Sean only in my dream? What's going on? Um, thank you so much to the incredibly talented Flo Robinson for our cover art. Taz, like I can see you smiling, looking at the picture of us, the little cartoon faces beaming in the shower. Look at my little winky face looking at you. You look are a bit we, I, wonder, I wonder, are we wearing clothes in that picture? The only person who knows that answer is Flo. Well, do you wear clothes in the shower? Flo, thank you for drawing that picture of us. <laughs> next week's episode. Oh, this is a good one. This question was asked by... This next question was asked by Shane Burke. Marks and I did a little workshop in DIT for the Radio Sock last week, and Shane Burke put up his hand at the end of the workshop and asked this amazing question. So Shane, we've decided to answer it for you. He asked it in such a beautiful way as well. Like, literally didn't say a word from the entire workshop and then at the end just went what's the crack with men having nipples that episode is going to be out next monday make sure you tune in and in the meantime keep scrubbing this has been a production of the headstuff podcast network